Hey there, my friends. Today on Meant to Bloom podcast, we are welcoming back Sarah Miller of The Self-Care Life. She is here to share with us how to help not just reduce anxiety, but prevent anxiety through targeted effective self-care. All right, Sarah's been on the show before. She came on way, way back with the original Meant to Bloom, and then we had her back on for um, the relaunch of I Get To, the podcast. And she's here again now that I've changed my name back to Meant to Bloom. I still had it called I Get To when we recorded this episode a few weeks back. So forget it when I mention this episode is I Get To, the podcast, because it's not, it's meant to bloom. You're in the right place. You're here with me, Brittany Clarkson. Um, but today's guest, Sarah Miller. Sarah, let me tell you a little bit about her, okay? She is here to help women reduce anxiety and overwhelm through effective and sustainable self-care, okay? She likes to use honest stories, inspiration, and impactful tips and tricks to help you transition from feeling anxious and frustrated to tuning into your needs and feeling nourished and at balance. Sarah is passionate about speaking out against the toxic hyper-hustle mentality of our generation and speaking for a life centered on finding balance and fulfillment. Sarah believes that self-care is for everyone, even if you feel like you don't have time or you think that you don't deserve love for yourself. She's your greatest asset on your journey to finding the right self-care for you. For as long as I can remember, they've been telling us to enjoy it while they're young, but our days are filled with chaos and stress and cooking and endless laundry piles. Where's the time to enjoy it? Yeah, that's what I always thought too. There's so much I have to do. When do I find time for peace and joy and happiness when I barely have time to sleep? Mama, it's time to make shift happen. You can be a happy mom. If I can, you can. Trust me. I've been a mess. I've been depressed. I've been overwhelmed. I've been to the bottom of the pits and I've risen. I've grown. I've bloomed. And it all started when I realized I didn't have to anything. I get to. It is my privilege and my honor and my divine responsibility to be the queen of my home. It's not a burden. I'm not a burden. I'm in charge. I'm the ruler. I'm the chaos coordinator. I'm the calm in the storm. And so are you. Come with me. Let's rise, mamas. Adjust your crown. Accept your responsibility. Change the effing world together. It's all in the way we choose to see it. I'm so glad you're here, friend. You're listening to Meant to Bloom with Brittany Clarkson. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of I Get To. Today, I have a very special guest. It's Sarah Miller from The Self-Care Life. And she's been on the show before, but it's been quite a while and even longer since we recorded together. So Sarah, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us what you're up to. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Sarah Miller. I am a self-care and anxiety coach. Um, over the last several months, I have been working one-on-one -on -one with clients and I recently launched a membership, which is really exciting. Um, I formerly had a podcast called The Self-Care Life and you can definitely still download it. I just am not actively recording at this point in time, but ultimately 
what I do is I help women reduce anxiety, reduce overwhelm with the power of effective and sustainable self-care, or in other words, self-care that will actually stick uh, in your day-to-day life. That's so awesome. So yeah, today let's go ahead and focus in on that anxiety Mm -hmm. um, and self-care for anxiety. I feel like those are some of the terms that are like super self-explanatory, but then when you dive in, it's like, it's so much deeper than the surface of self-care and anxiety buzzwords that are used all the time. Sure. Totally. Um, So as far as anxiety, I guess, let me start with my own experience and kind of how I started exploring this topic. Um, So I struggled a lot with generalized anxiety disorder, which is, is what it sounds like. Um, I, really got, I mean, I would say it was about college, um, that it, I had a significant flare up. And when I actually had a, a diagnosis come through of like, okay, this is not normal. What you're experiencing, what you're experiencing. Um, so I struggled through that for a while. It was becoming something that impacted my relationships. It impacted my ability to show up to class and show up in life the way I wanted to be showing up. It was very, um, debilitating. And later on in life, I again experienced postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety, which was a fun little combo with that, um, generalized anxiety disorder, but also makes sense. Um, and I just, through that, have been able to continue to explore my, my self-care and how powerful it can be and the impact it can have. And I think to put it in other words, it's that I discovered how to support myself through that anxiety, through that depression versus being stuck in a place of like, I am just going to be here and I am just going to let it happen to me. Um, And feeling like the only option was medication and therapy, which can both be great options, but having ways to support myself in addition to that was just this turning point. Um, So that's kind of how I started talking about it and why I think it's so powerful. I guess that's, that's kind of my story. And in short, Um, I, yeah. Is there a specific question that you want me to dive into there? Um. Yeah, we'll get a little bit specific, but first I did want to say thank you for being open and sharing about your own personal struggles because so many of us go through it and it feels so alone at the time until Mm -hmm. you get out there and start finding like, oh, I had the exact same experience. (laughs) Like, I'm not alone feeling crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I first started talking about anxiety online, I remember it being such a strange experience because at that point in time, this would have been like 2015, people weren't really talking about it online. Not a whole lot, at least not on, not in the same way, at least not in these Mm -hmm. like vulnerable platforms where it's like, I'm not anonymous. I'm talking about it. And this is me. This is part of me. Um, 
And I remember having these strange conversations of like, are you sure you want to put that out there on the internet where everybody can read it? And like, what if it prevents you from getting a job in the future? And I'm like, it has yet to do that seven years later. Um, It is only brought in these amazing connections with other people who have experienced this struggle. And I've been able to share my story and support other women with their anxiety, with coping skills that have worked for me and with honestly, just that feeling of community. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I've, I've definitely had similar experiences with that where my family thinks I'm so crazy for the kinds of things I share online. Like, yeah, but if you get online, like we're all talking about this now, like we have to, (laughs) I felt so alone before finding that whole community online. And I'm like, how could I not tell people all the secrets I've learned to overcome that. And I can't tell them the secrets yeah. without telling them I had to overcome it. Like Exactly. Like you, if you're not sharing it, nobody's going to know that other people are experiencing it and that it's right. so, there's other people who can commiserate, who can talk about what worked for them. It's, it's yeah. really important. So I love that you're doing that. And I've loved your shift in content the last few weeks and just seeing more vulnerability in that. It's been amazing. Thank you. It's been something I've been working on. (laughs) Didn't come easy to realize I wasn't Mm -hmm. opening up fully. Um, Because again, with the, yeah, the anxiety and buzzwords, Mm -hmm. um, it gets easy to make it a surface conversation and forget the actual meaning behind it all. Yeah. Um, So I have realized that I've experienced throughout my life from before starting like the big healing process, you know, I tried also the therapy and the meds and it seemed like I was just kind of in a cycle with those Mm -hmm. where it's like they've helped and then they weren't helping until I changed my lifestyle and my mindset and started really like making every day an important day to prevent anxiety and depression from taking control. Yeah. Um, but I noticed the other day as I was thinking about this upcoming episode with you is that I've experienced two different kinds of anxiety, like the pre-healed anxiety where it just felt like absolutely the sky was falling. And then now I do still get like anxiety within my body. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it's, it's kind of like having a stomach ache. It doesn't feel like my entire world's ending. It just feels like, oh, I can feel that like my heart's going really fast. Like there's a tightness. I feel anxiety, but it's not like I'm an anxious person now. Right. It's this um, much smaller manageable thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to ask like, what is like anxiety like for you now that oh, I've realized yeah. I've experienced multiple types? Like I like it feels that. different That's for everybody question. at different times. Mm-hmm. I always like to describe it as this like constant buzz of energy like in my brain where I cannot shut off. And that's not all the time. I've definitely experienced that, like feeling like it's just those physical symptoms of like, okay, my heart is like racing and I'm that, that tightness. Like I was experiencing that yesterday out of the blue. I was like, what the, what the heck, man? Um, (laughs) um, but most of the time for me, it's that like my brain won't shut off and kind of that, um, the tendency to catastrophize and be like, okay, everything is just 
because this happened, somehow the fact that I had a typo in an email is going to cause me to lose my job. That's that's logical. That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that's how it works sometimes is that you just get into these spirals of overthinking. Um, and I think there's a lot of perfectionism that connects in there for me personally. Um, but yeah, I mean, the biggest one is that that buzz, that just like constant noise. Like I can't be in quiet. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny because I'll have those moments where I'm already feeling that way. And then if there's a lot happening around me in this, like in an actual physical sense of like, okay, the, the car radio is on and the windows are down and there's like all these physical sensations happening on top of that, that can all become way too much. Um, so that's kind of one of the ways I would describe how I've experienced anxiety. I've also experienced more like panic attacks and like full on just like hyperventilating and like all this um I mean you know what a panic attack is but um those are kind of the different areas I guess that I've experienced yeah yeah so what what do you do like Mm -hmm. in the moment when you're feeling yeah all that intense like the restlessness and the the everything Mm -hmm. going on how do you take care of yourself when it feels like everything's going out of control. Totally. Um, so I guess, let me just like start with a few examples because I think, and I want to point out that what we're talking about here is this like reactive self-care or mm-hmm. even coping skills kind of go hand, hand in hand um, versus preventative, which is a lot of what I teach is trying to be preventative, but also mm-hmm. knowing that I started my journey coming from a reactive place, coming from a place of I'm in a horrible spot and I have to get out of that first. Um, So when things are feeling really, really crazy, um, I would say, let's say like full-blown panic attack. Let's start there and work our way through. Um, I have a few coping skills I like to pull out that are really helpful. This is much more in the coping skill bucket than I would say self-care but at the same time having those skill sets is self-care it's cyclical right it's it all it all connects um so one of my favorites for that is the five senses tool so you'll go through and name five things that you can see four things you can touch three things you can hear two things that you can smell and one thing you can taste I think I always get those swapped I think it depends I think different people say different things, but basically you're taking account of your physical environment um, and kind of grounding yourself. And in addition to that, sometimes I'll do what I can to stop the, if there's actual physical stuff happening, like that is a sensory like overload, I will do what I can to tone that down. So maybe it is turning off the radio. Maybe it is going into another room that is not with the screaming two-year-old to get quiet for a second. So those are kind of two things that I pull out a lot. Another great coping skill that I'll use if you can't like take account of your environment. Say you're having this feeling when anxiety can be really common when you're trying to go to sleep, right? You're trying to Mm -hmm. go to bed. It's dark. You literally cannot see your physical space. That five senses tool is not gonna, (laughs) not gonna work for you. Yeah. So I've pulled out what I 
called the like A to Z tool, which is essentially the same kind of concept, but you basically are just going to pick a category and name something that starts with each letter. Again, it's a grounding, grounding practice for me. Um, there's definitely lots and lots of coping skills out there. So you'll find what works for you. Those are just kind of my, my go-tos, what works best for me, because it's a distraction for my brain. Um, and then let's go on to like, okay, you're feeling that anxiety bubble up, but it's not like the world is ending. It's just kind of like, ugh, I feel like I'm having an off mental health day. There's just this constant overcast of like anxiety and tightness and that buzz in my head. Um, sometimes all I need on those days is a really hard like reset of just like, okay, let me like take care of some of my needs to have some quiet to have some calm um mine usually starts with a hot shower if i can do that sometimes you don't have the time you don't have the space so another great option could be simply splashing water on your face um i just really love the like visual of rinsing away i think we talked about this last time um so. of rinsing away all of that struggle and all of that anxiety and kind of giving yourself a fresh start through through that through that like cleansing I suppose um mm -hmm. I will also put on like comfortable clothes I will strike this balance between showing myself grace and kindness kindness um because it's okay to be not feeling good and to not be at a hundred percent productivity um but also giving myself just a little push to still meet some needs to help myself feel a little better. And that's something that I really had to perfect in those days of struggle, in those days of being reactive, in those days of like, okay, I'm like trying to get out of this loop of constant anxiety, of constant just emotional struggle. Um, there's a few other things that I would throw in there. I do have a freebie that I can share with you um, that is surviving bad mental health day. Well, it's called like the ultimate bad mental health days toolkit. And it's based off a blog of mine that um, people reference back to a lot. Um, so I will definitely share that with you um, at the end of this. And yeah, I mean, the gist is finding balance and meeting some of those basic needs um, to get out of that place of anxiety. And I think what's key there is once you've gone through this little routine of like, okay, I've met, I've like showered or I've washed my face. Maybe you have gotten some water and some food because chances are you might need to check in. Have you eaten today? Um, I will, if I have to go back to work, if I have to go back to doing whatever it is I'm doing, I'm going to set reasonable priorities. I'm going to think about, okay, what does what actually bare minimum has to happen today and take it slow and allow yourself to work from a place of less panic. Um, whether that is working in the sense of like in a full-time job or working from the sense of um, being a, a homemaker and keeping up with all the laundry or keeping up with all the things. It's okay if all you did was wash a dish today one dish like or you did nothing cool great 
it's good to rest. It's okay to have an off day because tomorrow you can show up better for yourself. Absolutely. Um, I was actually just having a conversation with a friend yesterday. She was getting so stressed because she's trying to um, create a devotional workbook. Mm. And she was getting so stressed that like yesterday she didn't do anything on it. Yeah. And like, you know, she was just chasing around the baby and like trying to get the baby to take a nap and dealing with family stuff. And I was like, you know, every day isn't going to be productive. You can't, you can't judge your whole life on a daily basis because your days have to be different, especially being a woman on like a 28 to 30 day cycle. Every day is not going to have the same level of productivity. So if you can't get things done for one day, that's okay. Look at your whole month. Like what did you do this month? Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're trying to do everything every day, you're going to get burnt out. And that's not taking care of yourself at all. Mm-hmm. Like we tend to think self-care is not productive because we're not checking something off our to-do list. Exactly. It is. Like, I hear that so hard. And I like, yeah. oh my gosh, I love that you brought up the like paying attention to your cycle because mm-hmm. I, so I personally, like I have an IUD. I don't have a like real like mm. visible cycle anymore where right. it's like okay I have but I s- see it in my productivity mm-hmm. I see it in my energy levels of like okay you know I have this week where I'm like okay let's just like hit the hit the ground running and just like knock all this out and then I have a week even two weeks of like I feel like I can't get anything done and sitting yeah. there and kicking myself about it isn't helpful to anybody and it's not honoring your body, it's not honoring your emotional energy. And, you know, the whole concept of self-care isn't productive is so untrue. It's so untrue. And yeah. I know we know this, and I think it's really easy to get sucked up into this mindset of like, okay, yeah, like logically I understand self-care is productive, but I can't like trying to actually change that belief system Mm -hmm. so hard um and I guess what I have to say about that is just it takes time and it takes reworking those beliefs over and over and revisiting and having that positive self-talk of like okay you know I did x y and z last week and that is awesome and it is okay that I need to rest this week it is okay that okay I am having a really bad anxiety day it is okay that I'm having an off day and that I'm not going to check off my whole to-do list today. It's just, it's recognizing sometimes we're human and we have limitations um, and we have needs that are, are going to vary day to day, hour to hour. Like, right. It's just how it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Right. And one thing I've noticed, like it's coming to me to say that we're not meant to be hyper productive every day, because I think sometimes we kind of forget, like, it's not like, you know, we're at a baseline every day and then all of a sudden we have a crappy day and we get nothing done. And then we have to like catch up and be back to baseline. Like we have days where we're just like kicking ass every day and we're getting stuff done. We are hyper productive. And then we have some days where we're not doing anything. Mm -hmm. That's why you gotta look at like the whole, you know, what'd you do this whole month? Because you had some hyper productive days where you got ahead to afford being non-productive for a few days as far as your to-do lists go. Like mm-hmm. 
you're able to take care of yourself because when you come out of it, you are going to do more than the bare minimum. Right. Yeah. And I think I love that point because that is something I used to talk about a lot when it came to, okay, how am I still keeping on top of my, my work or my schoolwork? Um, if you're in school, how, how am I keeping on top of that when I'm having those bad days? Because those bad days are going to happen even five years into the journey, seven years into however long you've Mm -hmm. been like working through this, you're going to have an off day. Um, Hopefully they're less frequent at this point, but they're going to happen. And one of the best things I think you can do for yourself is to, when you have those high productivity days, work ahead. If you can work ahead. Mm -hmm. I think that that is something that is really, really beneficial for reducing the anxiety of taking rest because mm-hmm. that is like a struggle in and of itself is you're like okay yeah I know I'm anxious and struggling and I need rest and I need time to like be in a place of calm and not like go 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 but then I feel stressed and anxious about the fact that I am resting mm-hmm. I found it really beneficial for me to be able to try to stay just a little bit ahead um on tasks whenever possible um to prevent that and that doesn't necessarily work every time I I mean it's hard to stay on top of life sometimes especially I think that's a shift that happens between okay I'm you know single woman not a mom to mom and it's like oh yeah this doesn't work as well (laughs) with toddlers because you can't really stay ahead on like like literally their day-to-day needs but um you know I think in terms of if you're working full-time if you're a student that's something that can be just a helpful little little Mm -hmm. add-on to um preventing and preparing ahead for those bad days yeah I think definitely when it comes to like being comfortable enough Mm -hmm. to rest and not stress about your productivity. I think that really comes into a balance of the giving yourself grace, like you mentioned before, Mm -hmm. and realizing like, I don't have to do everything every day. And also being ahead on things and realizing there's days that I can do a lot in a day and those days will come again. Mm -hmm. It's going to be okay. It's okay to chill. Like I don't have to stress. (laughs) And if you're stressed, you're not really resting, right? Yes. A hundred percent. Like if you're sitting there doing nothing, but your mind is going a mile a minute. Mm-hmm. No. It doesn't um, and I think what's so funny is that so many people who experience anxiety are not funny, haha, but funny coincidence, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah. Or I don't know. Anyway, people who experience anxiety are often high achievers because that anxiety drives forward this need to like Mm -hmm. make it perfect or make it right or make it like there's all this like perfectionism and high achieving that's laced into that anxiety experience um so I don't know a little people pleasing oh yeah all the people (laughs) pleasing too (laughs) that is definitely a, a tough one for me as like oldest daughter oldest sibling um you know uh all of that so I don't know I think it says a lot about 
why anxiety and resting with anxiety can be so difficult is because of Mm -hmm. those tendencies that are all placed in there. It's complex. Absolutely. Yeah. See, it's anxiety seems like such an easy thing to talk to, but it goes so deep. It does. (laughs) It does. There's always more and more. And I, I think it's important to recognize that as much as you may know your anxiety as it is today, you as a person are constantly evolving and your needs are constantly evolving. And frankly, your anxiety is changing or you learn more about it and you learn more about this like causation or the beliefs that are around it. It's just, yeah, it's, it's deep. It's in there. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. All right. So do you have anything more that you felt feel called to say today? Um, I guess I'll just say this. It's that it's okay to be in a place with your self-care that you are working out of a reactive place that you're working out of struggle and it's okay to not be in a great place. Um, and to just give yourself so much grace, um, through that it's, uh, it's a journey and it's something that is going to ebb and flow. You're going to have tough times and you're going to have great times. Um, and being a part of communities like this is really, really helpful in that, in that journey. Absolutely. All right. So where can I send my, my listeners to find more of what you have to say about this? Um, yeah, we'll put a link to your freebie in the description. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the the freebie you can grab at the selfcare.life backslash Brit. So just B-R-I-T. Um, and then for Instagram, I'm at Sarah Strives and my website is thesarahmiller.com. Um, I just relaunched it today because I had to do a very quick like redo as we're recording this today. So yeah, those are kind of the places you can find me. The place I'm at most is Instagram right now. So yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today for this episode of Meant to Bloom. It really does mean the world to me. But are you ready to take this a step farther? Check out the description below of this episode and grab your mindset makeover. It's totally free, my gift to you. Then hop on Instagram and let me know what you thought of this episode. Tag me at Britt Clarkson. That's B-R-I-T-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. If any part of this resonated with you, please let me know by tagging me or leave a review and share on social media so other mamas can find this too. If it helped you, it's going to help someone else. You're part of a movement now. Let's go. Let's go.